0: if you knew this or not, I I was looking at some stuff uh, several weeks ago and putting together this morning. Every year, billions of dollars, billion with a B, billions of dollars are spent every year on antidepressant medication. Did you know that? Billions. Saw some research uh, from a couple of years ago that one out of 10 people say that they have regular symptoms of depression. On a regular basis, one out of 10 people Experience symptoms of depression. Only reason I bring that up is because it's an issue in this room today. It's an issue in your family. Maybe it's an issue for you. And see, when we talk about depression, we don't mean simply being sad, all right? We we don't simply mean hey being sad hey won't you just shake it off and won't you just skip some or sing some won't you watch some Disney movies or something like that I mean sadness is a part of it but that's not all that we mean in fact if you take a dictionary and you look up the word depression what you'll see is that the word depression it means it means the state of severe despondency followed by a feeling of hopelessness severe despondency followed with feelings of absolute hopelessness you don't want to live it is hard to breathe it is hard to press on you want to die and what happens in the church is people who struggle with those kind of things can feel second class can't they because we don't talk about that thing, those things. Because you don't bring your baggage to this side of the cross. It's ignored. It's under the rug. And so if you're a Christian and you struggle with that, a lot of times what can happen is we make people who have this issue in their life feel like they're on the JV and other people are on varsity. Second class, and I wish I was as spiritual as you. But did you know that some of the biggest heroes that we have in the Bible struggle with depression? Did you know that? In fact, let me, let me show you a couple of examples. I think they'll come up on the screen here. Moses. Let's talk about Moses, for example. Was anybody more LeBron in the Bible than Moses? Right? Moses got some good playing time, man. Okay? And Moses struggled with this issue. In fact, look here. Numbers 11, 14, and 15. Moses is talking to God. I'm not able to carry all these people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat God, if you'll treat me like this, what's the rest of it say? What's the next phrase? Kill me at once. I, don't want, I, I can't go on living like this anymore. God, I would rather die. Kill me at once let 's talk about elijah, Elijah, the prophet of god 's prophets. Elijah gets a threat from a queen named jezebel if you 're here you 're about to have a girl that 's a great girl 's name jezebel it 's really popular right now. she just name her that. he gets a death threat. From a queen named Jezebel, he runs, every, he runs away from everybody that he loves, runs off into the woods, and look at what he says. He himself, Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, asked that he might die, saying, it's enough. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life. I am no better than my father's. He goes away into the woods and gets along with God and prays, God, can you kill me right now? I'm done. You read through the book of Psalms. This is not up on the screen, but you read through the biggest book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, most of it written by David. And and if you're new to the Bible, you should read through the book of Psalms, really short chapters, really great great place to get started in the Bible. But David, in one psalm, I mean, in one psalm, David is, God is awesome, God is great, I'm so blessed, everything is going the way that it should. I love life, I love God. Next psalm, I want to die. I hate my life. God, you hate me. Then the next song, Woo-hoo! God is great. God is good. It's all, right? Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus struggled with depression. In, in, in the darkest moment of Jesus' life, we see Jesus dealing with depression. What do you do in the darkest moments of your life? See, because listen to me. Depression is not a sin, okay? Depression is not a sin. Depression is a fight. It's a a fight to believe. It's a fight to have hope. It's a fight to live. It's a fight to take another step. It's not a sin, but it's a fight. And so what I want to do today, I want us to see how Jesus fought depression, Really, Jesus gives us a two-part strategy for how to fight this issue in our lives, how to fight depression, how to fight that overwhelming sense of nothing is working out, that overwhelming sense of I wish I were dead, that overwhelming sense of I want to quit, I want to run away. Jesus gives us a two-part strategy for how to fight that. Now, Before we get into the Bible and all of the stuff we're going, all right, let me give a little disclaimer, all right? Here's my disclaimer. I don't want you to forget this, all right? Here's the disclaimer for the morning. This sermon is not going to be the silver bullet, so I'm about to drop something on you so that you'll never struggle with depression again, all right? I'm not about to give you that. I'm not about to give you the magic medicine, the silver bullet, so that you will never deal with this stuff again. Listen, listen, listen. Some of you, some of you, you are already in or you need to begin to go to counseling. Because, listen, listen, depression is a serious physical issue. It's a serious physical condition. So if you need to go to counseling, you need to go to counseling. Listen, there is nothing wrong or second class. You shouldn't feel like a dirty human being if you need to go to counseling. I probably need to go to counseling and my wife says amen, right? Man, I I mean, right, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're, if listen, if, if you are using depression medication at this moment, I want you to know that listen, all healing is God's healing, all healing is God's healing. And so, if God is using counseling medication in your life, or you need to take that step, I don't want you to feel like a second class human being. You do what you need to do to keep moving forward, to keep living your life, and to keep walking with God. If God is using that, Praise God, thank Him for it, but you need to do what you need to do. So don't use today as an excuse to to tell, Oh, you know what, I I don't need to go to counseling anymore. I don't need to do this medication anymore. If those are steps you need to take, take them. If you're taking those steps now, God is using them, continue to take them. But I think that we would be naive if we didn't understand that there's a spiritual element to what we're talking about today. I think that we would be naive if we, if we just missed the spiritual warfare aspect of what we're talking about today. And so Jesus gives us a two-part strategy for how to keep going when everything in you says give up. A two-part strategy for how to fight depression in your life. And so I want you to take your Bible, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 is where we're at today. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to begin reading in verse 36, all right? Matthew 26, verse 36. It says this, Then Jesus went with them, the them is the twelve disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Okay, now stop right there. Jesus is walking with the 12 disciples. He says, all of you guys stay right here. Now, Peter and the sons of Zebedee would have been James and John. Zebedee was their dad. That's an awesome name. Zebedee. And I'm just trying to lighten it up because we're talking about depression. You're like, oh, depression. Right? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying, man. And so this is Peter, James, and John. Jesus says, 12 stay, but I'm taking the three that I'm closest to with me. I'm taking my three best friends with me. I want you to see that. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to Peter, James, and John, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death I want to die. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. I think there's two things that Jesus wants us to see, this two-part strategy. And the first thing that we need to see is Jesus wants us to fight together. Fight together together. This is the darkest moment in Jesus' life. He knows that it's less than 24 hours until he's going to go to the cross and die. And so what does he do? He takes his three best friends with him, Peter, James, and John. And notice that, that Jesus pours out his soul to peter james and john he says my soul is very sorrowful this is overwhelming i am lost i feel so confused i feel abandoned by god and then he says i want to die i need you to pray for me peter i need you to lift me up to the father james and john man help me out fellas because i don't know if i can keep going So so Jesus, instead of isolating himself, Jesus brings people along with him. Now, depression says do the opposite. When you want to give up, it says do the opposite. It says isolate it. Don't, Don't tell anybody about it. Fake like everything is okay. Isolate. Don't bring anybody. Don't tell anybody at all what's going on in your life. That's why we're using the word fight this morning. Because this is a fight. It'll be a fight this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow, and every day until you see Jesus. It's a fight. And then next week we talk about anxiety. That's a fight. Week after that, addiction, it's a fight. Whatever the issue is in your life, if it's a sexual sin, it's a fight. And listen to me. If the Spirit of God is in you, Christian, you're not stuck. You're not a victim. You've got new resources, and you can fight. You don't have to give in. You don't have to listen to those voices that say, don't trust him anymore. He's not good. Walk away. Forget church. You can fight. But listen, listen, don't underestimate the power of friends in the fight. Don't underestimate the power of friends in the fight. Because Jesus is showing us that we can't do life alone. Jesus brings along his three best friends, and he pours himself out to them. He doesn't tell this to everybody. He just tells it to three. See, there's wisdom in that. There's wisdom in not telling everybody and just telling those closest to you, right? See, you need to know this. There's some people you can't tell about the deepest struggles in your life. Why? Because they'll put it on Facebook, right? Or, Or they'll go to their other Christian friends, and all of a sudden, they've got a prayer request, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I just got a prayer request about Billy. Woo! Oh, we need to lift him up, y'all. Right? All of a sudden it's on topics. Right? Right? Or, or there's also wisdom in telling the right kind of people. Because, listen, just because somebody's a Christian don't mean they're helpful. Amen? Some of y'all, I don't know if I should amen that. Amen! Just because somebody's a Christian don't mean they're helpful. Holy Spirit doesn't make you Yoda, and all of a sudden you're wise all the time. Depressed you will not be, right? Come on. Have you ever been in like a group of Christians, and it's almost like a contest? Who is more jacked up, right? Man, I'm struggling with this. Well, you're struggling with this. I'm struggling with this. I got issues. I got subscriptions. And and on and on and on, and we're just trying to see who is the most screwed up. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. You need godly friends in your life who love you enough to look you in the eye and say, you need to keep going. Don't quit. Have you struggled with it for years? Yes, you can have victory. You need friends in your life who can talk to you that way. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? If, if he needs community, if Jesus needs other people, I need other people. You need other people. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer this out loud, but answer this to yourself silently. Who do you know that knows your deepest struggle? Who? Name them. Who who do you know that's praying for you? Specifically praying about that area in your life. Who do you know? Jesus says, don't you dare fight this alone. Listen, this is exactly why we have life groups at Summit. Some of you and you, everybody should have, hopefully, but if we ran out, don't worry about it. But everybody, when you walked in today, we gave everybody out some information about the new summer semester of life groups. You should sign up for a life group today. On the back of that paper, all you need to do, pick the group you want, take your connection card where it says life group selection, write the number of the group that you want to be in. You need to be in one of those groups because, listen, 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 in a fast and growing church like what we have, the best thing for you is to be known. Well, I was there. Yeah, but nobody knew you were here. There's like 600 people here. Nobody, somebody needs to know you and so when we talk about life groups, I don't mean that if you sign up for a life group, all of a sudden day one you got to go to a group and the first thing you do is you stand up. Hi, my name's Tom and I'm selling crack to middle school students. That's not that's not what happens. All right, it's not what happens. But what happens in a life group gives you the opportunity just to get to know God and get and to get to know other people. You need other. People, you need encouragement. You should just stop listening to me right now. Pick a group and sign up for it. But listen to me. If this is an issue in your life, if you're fighting this issue of depression, you're struggling with this or you're in this dark moment like Jesus is and you're just convinced you need to walk away, you're not doing well, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. If it's not depression, if it's something else, it's got the potential to take you out, you need to tell somebody. Don't you dare fight it alone in the dark. If you know somebody's struggling with this, you need to go to them. Fight together. But then the second thing Jesus shows us is we need to fight to trust. Not only do we fight together, but we need to fight to trust. At least two times we saw Jesus pray this. And he prays this. Look at verse 39. Going a little further, Jesus falls on his face and he prays, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I love this because Jesus is just praying to God and he's being totally honest with God. God, I'm not doing well. God, I'm hurting god i am confused father i feel like i should die in fact that's what i do i want to do i want to die can you be that honest with god when you pray listen god is our heavenly father you should be honest with dad right i don't know what kind of home you grew up in or where you're at that might not be the reality that you grew up in but listen our heavenly father is different than every earthly father okay As an earthly dad, I've got three little kids. I want to know when my kids have made a mess. I want to know when my kids are in a mess. If I want to know when my kids are in a mess, how much more does our heavenly father want to know and knows and wants to act in your life when you're in a mess and he wants to come and rescue you? So you need to be honest with God and he goes to God and he says, God, not as I will, but as you will. Not my will, but your will be done. In effect, what Jesus is saying is this. God, everything in me and around me looks like you have left, but I will choose to trust that you're good. God, the easiest thing would be to doubt you, but Jesus, I want to choose to trust you right now. And so fight to trust whatever the voice of depression is in your life, whatever that voice is saying inside of you, give up. Quit. You're worthless. If there's a voice inside of your head or the voice of depression or even the devil, we'll bring him in because there's a spiritual warfare aspect to this. If he's telling you that you're worthless, then you say back, God says, I'm his workmanship. If if the voice in your head says, it never works out, you speak back. God says all things work together for good. If the voice in your head says nothing has any purpose, my life has no purpose, then you speak back and say God says that I was made with a purpose. I was saved with a purpose. Whatever that voice is telling you to do, speak back the truth. From God, we need to stop believing that these are just words on a page. God himself says in Ephesians 6, this is the sword of the Spirit. And I'm not telling you that memorizing Bible verses will take your problems away. But listen, God can use his word. If the word of God can speak creation into existence, what can the word of God do in your life? Man, you need to fight to trust. There's a lot of people in the room, and I just know there's so many people dealing with this, and I just want to come alongside of you today. I don't know why your family is dealing with that right now, but I just want to tell you to trust him. I I don't know why you just keep applying for jobs and applying for jobs and no doors are opening, but can I just tell you that he's faithful? You don't see it right now. And me telling you that might not break into your situation, but can I just be that guy that comes alongside of you and says, man, he's faithful. I don't know why your kids are going that direction, man. you, You raised them and you've prayed over them and you took them to church. I don't know why this is going on, but man, I'm telling you what, he is good. Doesn't look like he's good. This is what Jesus is saying. God, it doesn't look like you're good. I will choose to trust your good. You got to fight to trust this way. Whatever you do, if you speak it out loud to yourself, you have other friends speak it into your life, you need to get it tatted out on your arm. You need to write it on post-it notes and put it everywhere you see it. You need to sing this. You need to make sure your butt's in church all the time so that you can hear this stuff because you forget it during the week just like me. Whatever you need to do, fight to trust Him. Fight to trust Him. And see, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do right now. We're bringing this to a close right now. I think that right now, I think that right now as we're bringing this to a close, I think it would be easy for every person in the room to look at your situation, to look at your life, and to say, you know what, that was really challenging. I was really challenged at Summit today. Dealing with some stuff in my life. I've got some issues going on in my life right now. I'm struggling with keeping going. You know what? Mark really challenged me today. I was about to quit. Mark really spoke into my life today. You know what? This issue's been in my life for years. I felt like it was taking me out. I was really challenged today. I was really challenged to fight today. I, I was really thinking about just quitting and giving up and throwing in the towel. But Mark really challenged me to fight. And I think that what would happen is we would leave and we would go do lunch and then you'd do whatever you have planned on later tonight. Then you'd clock in or you'd go to school tomorrow. And then life would begin to happen. And days later and weeks later and months later, you didn't fight. You just went to church with real issues. And God wanted to move in those areas of your life. But instead what happened was, oh yeah, I was really challenged. I'll fight sometime. The devil would love for you to fight sometime, man. The devil wants you to fight tomorrow, not today. The devil thinks it's a great idea for you to begin to fight a month from now. The devil thinks it's a great idea for you to begin to fight Two weeks from today, because you got way too many things going on the next couple of days to even begin to worry about what we've talked about today. Hey, you know what? It's a good idea to fight. I'll pencil that in. I'll put it in my calendar on my phone. I'll even set a ding for a reminder, because I should do that. And you know what? If you should do it, you won't. Because life will happen, and the devil will come, and the flesh will rise up, and all of a sudden you're just going, and you're going, and you're going, and you're still dealing with the same baggage. With no steps forward. Just carrying it around. Just carrying it around. Hoping there's a breakthrough. Hoping something happens. Hoping God's, God moves. But one day you'll fight. No, 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 no. It's not what we're doing today. There is no one day. There's only today. There's only right now. And, and, and I know that this is weird. Because a lot of you, maybe you come from a church culture... Where you don't fight anything like this. You don't even talk about this. You're like freaked out that we're talking about this in church. And you're just like, hey, shouldn't you put something up on a flannel board or something like that? Or whatever. Some of you don't get that. If you don't get that, then praise God for your life. Um, But um, so you're just not used to stuff like this in church. But today is the day. And can we just have a moment of honesty? Because I just believe there's a lot of people in the room that if you were to be honest, you would have to say, I'm not doing well. I had 20 people walk up to me and ask me how I'm doing for church start. And I said, good, lied. I'm not doing well. I just think if, if some teenagers were honest, that's what you'd say. Some moms were honest, that's what you'd say. Some CEOs, doctors, teachers, fill in the blank, were honest, that's what you'd say. And you know what? You're in the best place you could be today. Because there's no better place to be for broken people than church. No better place. No better place. Because church is a place for broken people with a perfect Savior who took our brokenness to the cross, and by His grace, He is putting our pieces back together. So you're in a good place today. And I know that right now what we typically do is I typically have you pray and then we typically have a time of response and I challenge you to do something, but I just don't want to do that right now. I just don't want to do that today. Because I just think that some of you, if you're honest, you say, you know what, I'm not doing well and I just need somebody to pray for me. I'm I'm not doing well and you know what? I just really need I just really need somebody to, to pray for me. I'm not doing well today. And listen in a moment of honesty let's stop worrying about what they think. Look how dark it is. Nobody can see you probably. But right now, no heads bowed, every eye open, everybody is looking. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. In a moment of honesty, let's fight starting now right now if you're here today and you're at a place and you don't have to tell anybody what your issue is you don't have to come up here and talk to a single soul but if you're just simply in that seat and you're at a place where you're like man i'm not doing well get up right now and come forward and let's pray just do it right now if you're at a place man I'm not doing well if you're in the main back I'm not. Do- I'm hurting today you come up front if you're in the middle you know what I'm really hurting right now you come up front if you're on this side and you're confused you come up front if you're on this side and it's falling apart you come up front just come up front and begin to pray just come up front and begin to be honest with God you come on just come just come See, I told you, you're not alone. Listen, summit, summit, you're there. And then things, if you're honest, you're here, man, you know what? Things are pretty good. You see somebody up here, you know, once you come up here right now, just lay your hand on their shoulder. Let them know you're with them. Just get up right now and do it, summit. Get up right now and do it. But if you're at a place, man, I'm not doing well, you come up here. I want somebody from Summit to come up here and lay their hands on these people. You don't have to get their name. You don't have to know their situation. I just want them to know, hey, I'm in this with you. You're not alone. We're fighting together. You come on. You come on. Come on. We'll take all day if we need to. We'll take all day if we need to. This is bigger than what's happening with the final four. This is bigger than that deadline. You come on. I just believe that right now God is moving. I just believe right now God is speaking. You come on. Come on. Let's all pray. Let's all pray. You need to come. Hey, you keep coming while I'm you keep coming while I'm talking and praying, okay? This is between you and God. Don't don't let me stop you at all right now, okay? Do whatever God is telling you to do, but you keep coming. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I just thank you that you love broken people. I thank you that you are here with us, that you're for us. I thank you that that right now there's probably a lot of places that a lot of these people need to be, and maybe they're thinking about some things going on, but this is the most important moment because, Jesus, you're moving. And Jesus, I thank you that you know every need that's represented at the front today. I thank you that you know every need and hurt that's out there in that seat. I thank you that you know about the person that's struggling with not killing themselves. I thank you that you know about that family. And their hearts just being ripped apart by what's happening right now at home. I thank you that you know about that person and they just feel so stuck. It's just like a Garden of Gethsemane moment. It is so dark. Thank you that you know. So Jesus, right now, in just a way that only you can, just begin to heal. Just begin to speak. I pray that, that we would be totally honest with you right now. you know what, maybe you're here and you, don't, you, you guys can just stay where you're at. Nobody needs to move right now, but I do want to always offer this because I believe in a, in a room this size and a crowd this big, there's probably somebody here. I believe there's people here today. Whatever brought you here at this moment, you know, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I love, I love Allison's testimony that when she met Jesus, everything changed. That's never happened to you. Maybe you grew up in church, you know a lot about the Bible, but you've never met Jesus Christ in a way that changed your life. His grace and mercy has never flooded into your heart and made you a new person. Not talking perfection. But you sit here today and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Right now I want to give you the opportunity to begin one. And just like we said at the beginning, you don't have to try to clean up first. You don't have to try to be a prettier version of the version that's you right here wherever you're at in the forum. Jesus simply says come. And so if you're here today and you you know that you need to be saved, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, do this every Sunday. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me silently or wherever you're at today. You just pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that, thank you, that you, are, you, you died for me. Thank you that you came back to life for me. Jesus, help me to begin to live for you to the best of my ability. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air. Just to simply indicate, today I am giving my life to Jesus for the very first time. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Anybody that's in the room. Anybody in the room. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus, you want to. You raise your hand right now. Wherever you're at, if God's working in your life in that way, you just begin to speak to him. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for changing your life you begin to speak to God. If you need to talk to somebody, we've got people in the back of the room who you can go speak with right now about that new relationship with Jesus that you've just started. Father, I thank you for every person that's up here. I thank you for every life that you are speaking into right now. And Jesus, I pray, Jesus, I pray that what we've talked about today would never walk away from us. and we would fight, fight to keep going. Fight to keep trusting. I pray that somebody who's walking a journey alone would no longer walk alone. They'd tell somebody. Somebody that's that's having a hard time trusting, they would begin to trust again. Jesus, thank you for how you love us. In your name, amen. Here's what I'm going to ask. Let's just all stay seated. If If you're up front, you can make your way back to your seat. Or if you just want to begin to just continue to stay here and pray. People are praying with you. You do that. But let's just have people stay where they're at right now. Just stay where they're at. You guys make your way back to your seats. You can up front. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. When you walked in today, when you walked in today, you were given a connection card. And I know we talk about that card a lot. You're like, man, they always talk about that card. Here's why that card is important. Because I believe that every person that comes, God's brought you here because He wants to do something in your life. And that card is the way you can let us know how God's at work in your life. And so right now, right now, would every person just simply take your connection card, flip that card over, and let us know about the decision that you made today. If you made the decision to give your life to Jesus, check that box. If you want to follow Jesus and take the next step to be baptized, Check that box and, and let us know. Our next Baptism Sunday is at the end of the month. Or, and however we can pray for you, you fill that out and let us know. I believe that somebody's here and you've got questions about what it means to know Jesus. Or maybe maybe you prayed to get saved today. You didn't get up and go to the back. As you leave today, there are people there in the back of the room. And all we want to do is give you a free Bible and a book to help you to, to begin this new relationship with Jesus. Stop back there and get one of those on your way out. You can talk to somebody. You don't have to. But stop back there and grab one of those books on the small table on your way out of the auditorium. And as as we leave in just a moment, we're going to have guest service volunteers with baskets. You can just drop your connection card in there. But go ahead while I'm talking, fill out that card, and let us know how we can pray for you today. And really, I just want to make you aware of a couple of things. Immediately after this service, we're having our VIP luncheon. For first-time guests, for new people, if you were contacted about that, you've made plans to come to that, that's in the preschool area. want you to stick around just a few moments while we set that up. We do the VIP luncheon first Sunday of every month. If you want to be a part of the next one, look on the back of that connection card, and you can check uh, check that area. Just write your name down. Let us know you want to come. A lot of you ask all the time, Hey, how can I become an official partner? Make partner at Summit. Make Summit my church where I'm a member. Well, we want every person that officially wants to become a member at Summit come to an event that we call Discover Summit. The next Discover Summit is actually next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. If you would like to come, let us know by simply writing your name on the back of that card, dropping that card in the basket on your way out today. Hey, listen, let's thank God for all the ways that God moved in this room today. Let's praise God. For all the healing that happened and all the steps that were taken. I just believe this is a big deal, what God is doing in our church. Next week, we're talking about anxiety. It's going to be a great day for a lot of people. You come back. Hey, if you're a first-time guest, make sure to hit the first-time guest table out there in the lobby to your right. We've got a free gift for you. Love you guys. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I hope this has been a good time for you guys today. Alright? Hey, love you guys. We'll see you next week. Our band is playing us out today. Don't forget, drop those connection cards in the baskets on your way out to our guest service volunteers. Love you guys. See you next week. Thanks a lot.
1: To fear now. Send us in your power, Jesus. Take us all the way.